Welcome to Support Op Simplified, where we interview thought leaders in the great field of customer support operations to provide you with actionable insights from the brightest minds in the industry. And now, your host, Sid Bumbani, CEO of Sumati. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Support Operations Simplified for the year 2020. Happy New Year to everyone who's listening. And today, to kick off the new year, we have with us Brian Martinovich. I hope I said that last name right. It's close enough. Better than okay. most. So. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, so Brian's the, the support and service manager at Login VSI. Welcome, Brian. Uh, thanks. Thanks for having me. And uh, Brian, do you just want to give a quick intro? Um, and we'll start off from there. Absolutely. Um, so my name is Brian Martinovich. I run support and services for Login VSI. Login VSI is an enterprise IT um, uh, solution for managing change and user experience within large-scale environments. My role specifically is for managing our support and services team. So any kind of uh, supportability issues our customers experience or any projects they may purchase through us uh, at the end of the day, I'm ultimately responsible for those. Right. And uh, Brian's been in the tech support industry on and off between support roles and technology roles for the last 10 years with companies like Summit um, and Login VSI right now, where, where he heads up the support uh, division there. So, Brian, tell us a little bit about um, the kind of challenges you have um, in support at Login VSI. Sure, absolutely. Um, so, mainly our customers are enterprise um, Fortune 500 size customers. Um, so it, it can range anything from uh, installation related questions and concerns and how to get the product up, up and operational to really kind of fleshing the product out into um, their overall change management process, integrating it with their business analytics and uh, IT service management platforms. Um, so it, we, it, it covers a wide array of uh, of different customer and interesting requests yeah and and how big is the team that you have right now who are supporting these customers so right now our team is around 10 um we'll be um expanding this year probably another two plus a project manager role so um one of the things that's become apparent to us uh as we continue to grow is uh, a necessity for the formalization of project management within mm -hmm. our within our company interesting and and uh, how how is that um, a role that that factors into your support? This is interesting for me because you know when we talk about support, it's it's more reactive um, in a lot of cases. But it sounds like there might be a an operations or a deployment component here yes, as well. Absolutely. Um, so what we've uh, basically uh, changed our paradigm to is, is no longer focusing on the wrench turning aspects of things. What we've realized is that it's more important for our customers to actually get up and operational and using the product mm -hmm. um, and, in order to ensure that they continue to be customers of ours. So we understand that support and serviceability of the product are just two arms in guaranteeing our overall customer success. And interesting software, yeah. And that's that's a very uh, that's a very interesting way of looking at it because you uh, you know looking through your profile, you you have some experience as a services engineer as well, which I'm assuming was more of an on-site role or more of an enablement role to get them there, right? Absolutely. So so my my background, I started in help desk, and then 
if you've ever been in help desk, the, the goal is to get off of help desk, right? <laughs> um, so you get off the help desk, you go to tier one, you go to tier two, you go to tier three, and then maybe project manager. So it, it's all kind of culminated in kind of um, stacking up from the foundational levels to where I've, where I've kind of gotten to now. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. A friend of mine who's, who's in the industry always said, you know, there's two kinds of support. There's the one before you make the sale and one after you make the sale. And, you know, it, it doesn't matter what the activities are in each of those buckets. It's all considered customer support because it's still your prerogative to make yes. sure the product works and is deployed and, and then see if they have any problems and sort it out. Right. So I, I think your, your thought or the way you're thinking about this falls in that camp. Yeah, so my my team covers the entire uh, product lifecycle from from when customers are investigating our solution until they're actually using it. We, we okay. don't stop. Interesting, and and so tell me a little bit more about um, you know generally with support. It's a hey, I have a problem, I'm going to fix it, and here's the metrics that tell us whether we do a good job or not. How do you track the the productivity or even the the efficiency? or how good your team is doing um, at the entire life cycle, considering you have so many different roles throughout the life cycle. Absolutely. Um, so before a, an, an actual purchases occur, generally speaking, uh, you're talking about a proof of concept, right? Mm-hmm. So there is the entire process of evaluating the necessity of the customer, making sure they're technically ready for it, doing the wrench turning and delivering the results, right? That'll enable our customers to decide whether or not they want to purchase the product. Once they purchase the product, then the real difficulty begins, right? So in enterprise IT, you have siloed uh, divisions and departments. So how do you span those? Um, You know, dealing with security concerns because security wants to scrutinize absolutely everything. And being a a testing uh, software Oftentimes, we need multiple user accounts. And as I'm sure you're aware, whenever you tell a security team you need hundreds, if not thousands of test accounts, it becomes Mm -hmm. problematic. So it's navigating that whole entire process, really. Interesting. And, and, And what are some of the metrics that you hold your team accountable to? Sure. So uh, as far as uh, pre-purchase type of metrics, we're talking about the time that a POC is opened until the time that a POC is formally closed. So that's from a technical evaluation standpoint. So you have velocity um, uh, from a POC and pre-sales perspective. Once uh, someone decides to move forward with us, I always tell my team um, one thing, really, and that's that's customer satisfaction is the largest metric that I look at. Outside of that, you know, we have an SLA for 24-hour responsiveness. That's just a general kind of best practices thing, respond right. to people when they ask you a question. But outside of that, I mean, I don't care if a ticket is open for, you know, 12 months. I want to make sure the customer walks away satisfied from that experience. I don't care about that part. I mean, we look at one touch resolution as well, but I would say the primary thing that we're focused on is whether the customer feels like we're taking care of them. Interesting. And and how do you do it? And and what I mean by that is, you know, people people kind of gravitate to metrics because they're easy, right? Um, you can you can track them up the yin yang. You can have a nice dashboard that that talks to all the the trends and everything. How do you measure customer satisfaction right from the POC all the way to, you know, let's say implementation? Absolutely. Um, that, so that every, must be a hard gig. Every request that comes through our uh, service desk gets a survey at the end of it, right? Okay. And 
we get around 30% response on those. And it's a simple survey. It's, did you have a good or bad experience, right? If you had a good experience, self-explanatory. If you had a bad experience, we'll give you a few different categories of why you might've had a bad experience. But if you rate us poorly, you can guarantee you're going to get a call from me. Okay. That's interesting. And, and what, what do you normally learn or what have been some of the trends where, you know, you followed up on those calls? What are people saying um, are some of the things that are important to them from a satisfaction perspective? I mean, at the end of the day, everyone just wants to get their issue resolved. Um, so it can simply be uh, amount of time that's lapsed, uh, a, a misunderstanding uh, or, or whatnot. Generally speaking, when we call people if they've had a bad experience, there was just some sort of miscommunication that, that took place. And we can pretty easily remedy, remedy that, right? If they'll actually communicate that they had an issue in the first place. That's part of the difficulty right there is getting people to tell you they didn't have a good experience. Interesting. Yeah, 30% is is a high rate of return. I mean, uh, yeah. so it's, it's interesting you're getting that kind of feedback, which is great. Um, you know, as, as you're taking that feedback back to your agents um, and your support team, what are some of the things that you guys are putting in place to affect that or, or to change it um, and to address those concerns? Yeah. So, I mean, what we can look at is, are there terms and issues that are reoccurring, mm -hmm. right? So if there's terms, issues that are reoccurring, we can find out if it's something that's a one-off or it's something that we can systemically address. We also have a knowledge base as well. So our customers go in there, they'll be asking questions through searching for articles and whatnot, okay. which will enable us to, to keep track of those trends. Like say, for example, we have an issue with our customers and file type association with Adobe Reader, right? Mm -hmm. We'll see people searching for Adobe Reader, Adobe Reader, Adobe Reader, right? And that signifies to me that we have a gap as far as providing information to our customers as to how to get around that. Because like I said before, the primary thing they're interested in is just solving whatever their problem is in the most right. way possible. Interesting. And and what kind of um, tools are you using to, to be able to do things like this? Because, you know, when you're talking about the customer being able to reach out to you um, through a knowledge base and, and being yeah. able to monitor that, that's powerful. Uh, that's being able to say, you know, we know what you guys are looking for before you even call us. So what kind yeah. of a tool set do you have in place to be able to to do all of these things? So we actually use Zendesk, which was a new one to me uh, coming into this particular world. Role, but it had already been more or less um, institutionalized within login BSI. So there wasn't a real need to throw it out. And plus, really, Zendesk is a very interesting platform in that they, they do what we do, which is focus on the end user, the agent's experience when using the platform. And then there's all kinds of insight and analytics that are built in that enables us to look at operational statistics. Hmm, interesting. And and that goes for your knowledge base and everything else as well. These are all tightly yeah. integrated components. Exactly. So one of the modules that Zendesk has is their knowledge base. And it's literally you, you check a little box and now you have a website that you can point people to that is more or less blank. But they provide an ability to capture knowledge through the tickets. They provide uh, analytics as far as your agent's contribution to the help center who's looking at what articles, 
what articles are popular, what people are searching for, how they get there. And then you can use all of that insight to, to kind of further, um, you know, fine tune your experience. Interesting. Okay. So, so with all the technology you have um, and, and, and some of the work that you've been doing, uh, what has been one of those uh, recent improvements in customer experience that you, you can pride your team on? Absolutely. So uh, I guess about two years ago, we started to invest in our knowledge center. We had a Wikipedia page before where we were docking, documenting all the information. But like I said, um, Zendesk has a module that you can turn on for a knowledge base. So we really started filling that out. And, and, and what I would say is that the knowledge base is great, but taking that step a, a step further to where we are now now Zendesk has what they call the AnswerBot. And what the AnswerBot does is it actually will read and contextualize emails and help center requests that come through our website. And it will suggest relevant articles and actually learn based upon people's interaction with those. So mm-hmm. I would say contextualizing um, what people are asking and giving them relevant articles to cut down on ticket volume and drive people into that uh, self-service mindset. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's a good next step in, in terms of being able to take some of those first touch kind of resolutions out of the way, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what you know, it, it's it's an interesting time uh, for us to be in support with all of this technology and and things like AI coming into the picture. Yeah. Um, what are some of your plans for the year 2020 and, and maybe even for the next five years or so? Uh, what are some of the things that are on your radar in terms of being uh, in terms of being things that you're focusing on? Absolutely. So more or less, you end up with this amalgam of various tool sets for managing customer related data. You have CRM, we have Dynamics, we have scheduling tools and budgetary management tools for projects. We have marketing automation tools. So really, like in the next couple of years, what our vision is, is to take all of these siloed data sets and combine them in interesting, unique ways to better serve our customers. Hmm, interesting. So this would be, uh, say, you know, for you to be able to get a better insight into the whole process all the way from uh, prospecting to having a customer on board who's looking for technical help. Absolutely. So, you know, one of the things that we would have visualization into is from the time that you purchased up until now, do you have the product instituted and and, and installed? You know, are you making help, help support requests or are you interacting with our webinars or whatever? We can literally combine all of these data data points, these touch points with our customers into interesting and unique information that we didn't have previously available to us. Yeah, no, that that would definitely be a lot more powerful. So, where uh, where are you getting some of your your ideas and inspirations from, Ryan? Um, who has been the one person, or maybe you know, a group uh, who has kind of influenced you in in the way you're approaching uh, support today? So, um, I would say that the two people that have influenced me most recently would be uh, Dr. Travis Bradbury and Liz Ryan. Um, they're two individuals. Uh, Liz Ryan's human-centric uh, workplace. Travis Bradbury is a lot of emotional uh, intelligence kind of stuff. And, and what it really helps with is like understanding and putting yourself into the shoes of the people that may be interacting with your services. And that permeates throughout the entire customer um, life cycle, right? In any way in which we mm-hmm. deal with customers. 
Yeah, that's that's an interesting thing you mentioned that because you know I, I find that we are today on the on the cusp where you have more of the understanding around the emotional intelligence and what that means to providing good customer service, and yet you have this this uh, phase of more automation to kind of get answers quickly to customers, right? Yeah. What do you what do you think about that balance, that delicate balance uh, between those two two concepts? So what I read, uh, what I read a long time ago is that statistically, people are most interested when they seek support in just the resolution of it. Right? They don't care too much about the niceties and the handholding and blah 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 along the way. They just want to get their problem solved. Right? So if it boils up to the point where they may need to interact with us, which is more of a concierge class type of customer anyway. We really want to be attentive to those individuals specifically. And again, the automation stuff just frees up time to deal with those particular uh, customers and give them more of a personalized experience. One of the most uh, flattering comments that we've gotten out of these surveys is it really feels like a friendship type situation when our customers reach out to us, which I really appreciate. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And and what... Uh, what is the one thing you see as being a big challenge as as you guys at Login VSI scale to a much much bigger operation? Um, you know, automation is definitely a part of it, like you said, to to help get the answers quicker. Yeah. Um, but in terms of scale, are there any other challenges that you're looking at that you're like, oh, you know, we better prepare for that now as we are in this in this growth mode? Yeah, so I would say uh, the. One of the biggest challenges is recruiting the right people, right? A company is made up of the individuals that it consists of, right? Mm-hmm. So in my mind, every individual that we recruit into our company has to be a special blend of things. And and I feel like that selection process always needs to be done properly. In addition to that, what I would say the other big challenge is getting everyone up to speed with the new technology because it's coming at you right. uh, light speed nowadays, you know? Yeah. And and I always ask everyone this when I get an opportunity. What's what's your recipe for a good support rep? Um, you know, you said it's it's interesting to hire. People have to come in with a certain blend to be a support yeah. rep. What's What's that blend for you? Yeah, so uh, a mentor of mine uh, a while ago told me that an IT engineer uh, is evaluated on three specific metrics. And prior to that, I had only thought that it was one. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had thought that being the most intelligent person in the room from a technology perspective was the best engineer that you could possibly get, right? Mm -hmm. It cuts directly to the root cause, fixes the issue, and that's it. But this is really uh, relevant because it, it's not just technology. It's actually technology, communication, and documentation. So it needs to be a blend of those three in order to make it a successful experience, right? So what good is fixing something if the person is not communicated with, right? right? What good is fixing an issue if it arises and you hadn't documented what you tried before. So it's really a multifaceted blend of these administrative, technically precise and empathetic individuals. Interesting. No, I absolutely agree. I think, I think that blend around technology and empathy is, is something that we're seeing a lot of um, in, in, you know, as we kind of progress in, in the support field uh, with or without technology kind of coming into play uh, because that's something that people are holding really near and dear to their overall support experience. No, um, 
Yeah, Ryan, it's been people are people are so worried that automation is going to just displace people. What I feel like is that automation gets rid of the remedial or mundane tasks, right, and allows us to focus on things that are more valuable. Valuable, simply put. Absolutely. Well, Brian, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. There's a lot to learn over here um, and, and a lot of good things that you guys are doing. I think you have the right mindset around uh, being able to scale this into a much, much larger organization. And uh, all the best to you and your team as you do that. Sid, I greatly appreciate it. This was absolutely my pleasure in, in doing this. All right. Uh, well, thank you again for your time. And for everyone who's listening, uh, stay tuned for another episode. Thanks, Brian. All right. Thanks, Sid. Thanks for listening to Support Up Simplified with Sid Bambani of Sumati. Tune in next week for another interview with a customer support operations thought leader.